Topic four, third paper of twentieth century Negro literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Twentieth century Negro literature. Topic four, third paper by Professor S. G. Atkins. Professor S. G. Atkins, president and founder of the Slater Industrial and State Normal School, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, was born of a humble yet high because Christian parentage in Chatham County, North Carolina, June 11th, 1863 through this humble slave yet christian parentage there came to this youth principles of industry morality and christianity which formed the broad deep and solid foundation on which has rested his eventful and useful life in early life he learned the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom in the days of youth he remembered his creator like many of the world's noblest and best characters professor atkins started life's journey at the plough handles clearing the ground of roots and stumps splitting rails opening the furrow planting and harvesting the crops constituted the duty and pleasures of his early life early evincing an insatiable thirst for knowledge all the advantages of the village school were given him his progress here was phenomenal his eagerness to know truth his power of mind to perceive comprehend and analyze his retentive memory soon gave him first place among his fellows in the school in the village a few years passed he in the meantime having prepared himself the master mantle of the village school falls upon him his work here caused a widening of his intellectual horizon in the year 1880, therefore, he entered the academic department of St. Augustine Normal and Collegiate Institute, Raleigh, North Carolina, and graduated with distinction in 1884. Immediately after leaving college, President J. C. Price, the famous colored orator, invited him to join the faculty at Livingston College, Salisbury, North Carolina. At this post, he proved himself one of the most useful men in the faculty. At times, he filled various positions in the college. The grammar school department, under his management, was a model department and was the pride of the college. He taught here, serving well, and at a great sacrifice, six years. Professor Atkins 
retired from the Livingston College to enter the public school work in which he had long taken a deep interest. This interest had been manifested chiefly in connection with his devotion to the work of building up the North Carolina Teachers Association, which body he helped organize and of which he was president for three successive years. His first extended work in this field was as principal of the colored graded school of Winston, North Carolina. This position of responsibility he held with increasing success for five years when he gave it up against the protest of the board of school commissioners of winston to become president of the slater industrial and state normal school this institution had already been projected by him to meet a want among the colored people in the community which he soon saw that the public school could not meet namely a deeper ethnical culture and the training of the youth of the community not only in books but also in some useful handicraft which would the sooner furnish the basis for strong personal character and sound home life his first step in this direction had been the founding of the settlement known as columbian heights to serve as a background for the institution which would do this the settlement was founded in eighteen ninety one and the institution projected in eighteen ninety two professor atkins as the first settler on columbian heights and as the organizer and both secretary and agent of the board of trustees pushed the work of the slater industrial school encouraged and supported by the industrious efforts of the members of the board until in eighteen ninety five he was called to the presidency of the institution from that date to the present his labors have been an inseparable part of the history of the school hon c h mebane superintendent of public instruction for north carolina says of him if i had fifty such men as professor atkins in north carolina i could make a complete revolution in educational work in a short while a complete revolution as to moral uplift and general good of the negro race in addition to his work as an educator, Professor Atkins has taken much interest in the work of the American Academy of Social and Political Science, of which he is a member. He is also a member of the American Statistical Association and has been twice elected Secretary of Education of the ame zion church the esteem in which he is held by leading men of the nation wherever he is known is fairly indicated 
in the following statement of the honorable j l m curry ex-minister to spain and agent of the great peabody and slater trusts for educational purposes dr curry says i regard president atkins of the slater industrial and state normal school at winston north carolina as one of the most worthy and capable men connected with the education of the negroes in the south his intelligence courtesy good deportment high character and efficiency as the head of the school have won the confidence and goodwill of the people among whom he lives and of all who best know his work and worth the education of a negro is the education of a human being in its essential characteristics the human mind is the same in every race and in every age when a negro child is taught that two and two are four he learns just what the white child learns when he is taught the same proposition the teacher uses the same faculties of mind in imparting the truth as to the sum of two and two the two children use the same faculties in learning the truth it means the same thing to them both in further teaching and training the methods may vary but variations will depend less on differences of race than on peculiarities of the individual bishop haygood the above quotation from bishop haygood indicates my answer to the question this question is simply a revival of the old superstition concerning the negro that manifested itself in the inquiry as to whether the negro had a soul civilization and fraternity have so far developed that it would be hard in these days to find a person whose skepticism concerning the negro would find a doubtful expression as to the negro's humanity the light has become too strong for the existence of that kind of mist hence the unsympathetic critic has been forced to find a new way of putting his wish-begotten thought there is still a higher authority for a negative answer to the question should the negroes be given an education different from that given to the whites in the following language god has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth this declaration of st paul goes to the core of the matter unless it is proposed to revive the old superstition that the negro is not included as a part of the nations of men it is a strange fact that nobody ever proposes a modified or peculiar form of education for any other nationality it is the glory of the backward peoples of the earth 
that they are adopting the forms and method of education which have made western civilization the touchstone of the world's progress but the implied contention that the negro should be given an education of a different kind is not absolute most disputants on this subject so far as published statements go allow that after a long period of adaptation and modified training the american negro may reach a stage in his mental evolution that he may assimilate the same kind of mental food that is admittedly suited to the caucasian mongolian and others this view of the matter leaves out of account another great fact namely that the american negro is more american than anything else that he is not an alien either by birth or blood whatever exceptions might be alleged against africa can no longer be made a bar to him but let us recur again to the evolution theory and i will not undertake to consider this theory as darwinian it is not generally advanced as a presumption that the negro is not yet a thoroughbred but it is presented in certain catchy and specious phrases such as suggest the necessity of beginning at the bottom rather than at the top the necessity of giving to the colored american a kind of colored education the necessity of making his civilization earth-bound and bread-winning rather than heaven-bound and soul-satisfying the necessity of keeping him close to mother earth as he is of the earth earthy in those assumptions it is forgotten that education is not a question of mechanics it is rather a question of ethics and immortality education is primarily an effort to realize in man his possibilities as a thinking and feeling being man's inheritance is first from heaven from above that is the respect in which education differs from all merely constructive processes the stimulating and quickening power is from above historically this is eminently true education has been a process from above it is not my intention to enter upon the discussion of the merits of any particular kind of education my contention is that because the negro is a part of humanity because he is an american with an american consciousness and with a demonstrated capacity to take on training after the manner of an ordinary man he should not be treated as a monstrosity bishop haygood sets forth the only proper line of distinction in education in the following sentence in further teaching and learning the methods may vary but variations will depend less on differences of race 
than on peculiarities of the individual the peculiarities here indicated unquestionably exist they may be noted even in the same family but these peculiarities are found in differences which lie deeper than the skin there is no philosopher unless he is joined to idols so bold as to base his presumption of difference in human beings upon the skin for then his judgment might have to depend on whether the skin is dark copper-colored brown white yellow freckled red etc human differences all will admit are essentially differences of individual souls and this does not preclude the importance of environment and other incidental influences the great fact is that mind is mind of like origin and like substance and that it has been found to yield to like treatment among all nations and in all ages there is no system of pedagogy that would hold together for a moment if the idea of the unity of the human race and the similarity of mind were invalidated philosophy itself would be threatened and all science would be in jeopardy investigation and practice never fail to support this theory of the solidarity of the human race in the schools where it has been tried it has been found not to be a matter of color nor even of blood and certainly the differences have not depended on race affiliation it has been a question of the individual and of local environment but so positive and indivisible is the human identity that even the influence of individualism and environments is overcome by the great universal process of education the great processes of mind quickening and mind development in many of our best institutions there sit side by side the representatives of many nationalities and races and it has never been found in the work of these institutions as far as i have been able to discover that any one color or race could monopolize the benefits but on the contrary it has been found that the benefits were realized according to the individual temperament and power my position is not one in reference to non-essentials but essentials it is not a contention based even so much on degree but rather on quality and capability i would not contend that environment would not make a whole group of children more or less backward and i do not dispute the fact that because of better environments the whites represent as a whole a higher state of civilization but i hold that this is true not because of racial identity but rather because of individual embarrassment give a white child and a colored child 
the same environment and their progress or backwardness i hold would be essentially the same under the same stimulants and encouragements wherever colored and white children have been put to comparative tests too little attention has been paid to differences of environment and too often there has been a dormant presumption that the same environment would not have produced the same results upon white children wherever these tests have been made it has been too often overlooked that the facilities for their education were not equal they may have been nominally equal but the fact remains that they were not really equal considering the inequalities of environment and educational facilities the results of most of the comparative tests are complementary to the colored child and demonstrate the similarity of his mental sensibilities demonstrate that he is but a normal constituent part of the great human race with substantially the same limitations and capabilities as other members of the great human family end of topic four third paper